Well, they're time to talk about HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers to your door favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. And when I say uh, pre-measured ingredients, I mean everything, including the ketchup to put on the cheeseburgers. You can choose your delivery day for when it works best for you and your busy schedule. You can also pause your account for weeks at a time when you're out of town to save money and keep you happy. All HelloFresh ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. And HelloFresh is delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging, saving the environment and keeping your food cold. HelloFresh also offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. There are three plans to choose from. Classic, veggie, and family. Can you, can you get much simpler than that? Each features a variety of meat, fish, and seasonal produce or vegetarian recipes with plant-based proteins and grains. Their selection simply cannot be beat. And to top it off, you get to feel confident when cooking HelloFresh with the simple recipes outlined on pictured step-by-step instruction cards. You open up this box and it is all there. Try things you never think to cook on your own and enjoy eating outside of your comfort zone. Look forward to your HelloFresh box delivery as the highlight of your week, knowing dinner just got that much easier. You you take this stuff, I, I use this service, you open this box, you pop it in the fridge, and, and every time you open that fridge, you see the next five dinners ready to go. No more thinking. And now you can get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh by visiting HelloFresh.com and entering promo code SPIKE30. Again, that's $30 off your first week. It's a no-brainer. Just head over to HelloFresh, use promo code SPIKE30. That's my name and my age. SPIKE30. Say hello to Fresh. Now Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable cars and coffee hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. All right, we'll just talk about it. Well, everybody, hi, Spike's Car Radio here. You know, I often think that I've, uh, well, just given the wrong name to this podcast. Spike's Car Radio. Yes. Right? Because, you know, this show vacillates wildly between car guys. There's a little subset in the middle of kind of car and comedy guys, and then it goes over to comedy. Right? What about and, Spike's and, but, Ham Radio? Yeah, we should have either two names for this show, Spike's Car Radio or, in today's case, Spike's Comedy Radio. This is how I op- – this is what I – this is what I'm interested in, right? Yeah. I like cars. I like comedy. I like entertainment. I like Game of Thrones, right? Sometimes I like architecture. I like fishing. I like a lot of different things. And in this podcast, you're going to hear all those things. And if you need me to change the title of the podcast, I'm happy to do so. Every episode, we can we can come up with a new name. But today, it's going to be Spike's Comedy Radio, because I have Jay Moore here. Hi, Jay. Hi, sweetie. You're, you're a seasoned uh, radio uh, entertainer and podcaster. You know, you're, you're one of the big guns here at Podcast One. Aside I... from being a very famous comedian and accomplished impressionist and everything else. But you're used to the idea that people will uh, write you and tell you what's wrong with your free 
podcast, right? Yeah, oh, you're, you're I'm new. doing this for free. Yeah, you're new here. I'm new here, right. You, they still bother you. Like, <laughs> you know, what's with the sound levels? Well, I recorded it in my fucking car driving back from Denver. You're lucky. I, that's, that, I thought of you. I went, oh, you know what? I'm driving through Denver all the way across Route 70 to Utah. Uh, bang out a solo. All I heard was your damn windshield wipers the whole time. <laughs> How'd you like it, Dick? <laughs> but where's the radio portion? Like I know, yeah. like Jerry's a car guy. Yeah, Adam Ferrara is a car guy. Is Chris mm-hmm. Hardwick a car guy? He is secret car guy. That's what we, Will and I were just talking. Will's my producer, by the way. It's behind the glass, so I always I look over there and Will. chat I with him. Put on headphones. He, just so I could hear. That's a there's a dude. subset of comedians. You know how handsome this guy is. He's a good-looking young man. That's, that's you're not right. a bad-looking man, Mr. Nope. Gasson. I get out of here. I'm gonna come see you. <laughs> just hug that mic. There's for a me, subset hug of the com- mic. He says comedians. That uh, are secret car guys. Why and, and Hardwick is there because they're afraid of the persecution. What? What? Exactly. Why? Because you're a nerd? You can't be a nerd car guy? No, they're afraid they'll uh, some of their comedy cred will be hurt by the idea that they like cars and collect cars. Has it ever dawned on you in your comedy writing, broadcasting, satellite, just you're in it, period. You are comedy. Like your mm-hmm. whole life. Man is what he continually does. You're comedy. Right. That anything would actually jeopardize your fucking <laughs> reputation for comedy. No. I'll go to a glory hole tonight on Lancashire Boulevard and be like, hope it doesn't hurt my ticket sales when I do the Texas three-step in October. Like, what the fuck's wrong with these people? I don't know. People are he's afraid. A, I didn't know he had a comedy rap. Like, he's, you, you, he has every job. Him and Joel McHale, if they died well, in the I'm same car accident, Chris is that 40 worried. comics would work. Chris came on the podcast. He's one of the first guys he came on, and he talked about cars, and he got, finally got comfortable with it. But there are other guys, like, you know, I, I just, it was, I was at this party, this Kimmel thing, and all of these comedians were there, and one by one, they would come up to me and go, hey, man, guess what I've just bought? But it was like this little secret. It's like being a Christian on, can, a, on, a TV, yeah. on a movie set. It's like, no, I actually am not one also. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kevin Sorbo. Let's talk for an hour. They, like, can, they can tell me, but they can't tell anybody else. And I think it's because, you know, as comedy writers, comedians, we like to aim our brains at things, and, and, and it gets us angry, Right. But it's going to hurt your rep. But at the same time, so you crap. try to lead a life that's not uh, that, that 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 can't be made fun of. Well, that's impossible. <laughs> My whole life I'm, is made. Like, I understand that. that, but I'm just saying there are guys out there who are afraid of it. How about this? How about the fact that you were at a party and comedians approached you to talk about cars, which means they knew. Yes. That you have a podcast uh, called Car This was Radio. before the podcast. This was uh, Car Matchmaker. So that's how kooky you were about cars. That you've <laughs> yeah. had this whole car thing. But you did it. In, I didn't know you did that. Like, that's a, like you were a yeah. secret car guy. I, I guess. No. I, I, I remember. Don't do anything in here, look. I remember way back at before the internet, right? Okay, let's go back before the internet where people were like almost. 99? What are we uh, talking about? Celebrities were almost apologetic about liking cars. They would get out, and you'd hear them say on television, you'd hear them say phrases like, I know it's stupid, but these things bring me joy. But I know it's dumb. And then the internet happened. I've never known this, though. Can I just take a second? Like, this is all new information for me. It is. Because I know nothing about I could change a tire (laughs) if I could find the fucking spare Range Rover. (laughs) Jesus. You drive a Range Rover Sport, as I recall. First car I ever bought. Which you love. Because I almost died up going up Rabbit Ear Pass, speaking of Denver... Colorado snowstorm mountains. Okay. And every car was sliding off the road, and the Range Rover just lowered itself like, got it. It was like an octopus. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm buying this thing. So there I'm alive. you go. You, and you like it, and you but enjoy it, like, it. This is all new information to me that, like, I don't know anything about cars, let alone people to be like, well, I don't want to be like an overt car guy. 
because I don't want people to think less of me. It is pretty stupid to just be an avert car guy. <laughs> I don't I want mean, to come out of the closet. I'm at odds at it a little myself. If I, I get... come out of the closet as a gay guy, I don't want people thinking I like cars. <laughs> right. And then that might hurt my comedy when they find out I'm a Christian. Well, look, I, I think the more you like cars, the, the more boring it gets. Like if you see well, the guy, uh, yeah. if you go to a car show and you see the most carry car guys in their cargo shorts and they're just talking cars, they do the full seven hours of the show. <laughs> it's really – I don't want to be that guy. It's really fucked up. You know, how about – I got to respect the two of us because we both have a fucking roulette wheel in our heads, like, and we're not saying it. Like, what do you mean? There's words with car in it. What? Like, there's no – you have a roulette wheel in your head like I do, like, words with car, like, cargo shorts, and like, <laughs> right. oh, carbonara, stuff like that. And, like, we both just stared at each other like, nope. Yeah, no. Not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Well, um, I'm uncomfortable with most of but what I do. But it, it spikes it, car it, radio, but you could never talk about radio. Well, the whole idea is it was a bit of a nostalgia. I just like the way that flowed a little bit. They, the people here wanted to call the show Spike's Cars. And I just I, – I, No, I, that sounds like, awful, like right? something Tarantino thought was too on the nose. Yeah, well, it's got your how name. About, how about Kaitel goes to Spike's Cars, you know? <laughs> oh, Jay Leno was fucking Tarantino all of a sudden. Sorry do, about do, that. Do Norm MacDonald doing Spike's Cars. Hey, uh, Spike's Cars. <laughs> Hey, good luck freeing that up with the union, you know. Billy Joe Shaver had an album called Spike's Cars, but it wasn't about automobiles, you know. The Jay Moore. Jay Moore. Uh, I like Spike's Car Radio because when you said nostalgia, we all remember the car radio. AM, FM, I remember the switch. Like Human right. League was like the last right. thing I heard on AM. Don't you want me? <laughs> I was like, wow. And then you think back, like, that's when Bad Brains happened. Like, yeah. when that shit was playing. Yeah. So I say, go roll with the you name. Like Spike and Car Radio in the I morning. I want to talk about you, Jay Moore, okay, because I did, your, uh, I did your podcast a few weeks back. Jay um, Moore's Car Radio. Jay Moore's Car Radio. I loved it. <laughs> and uh, you and I never met before. No, it didn't feel and, that way. Uh, and, uh, no, we know a lot of people. My, my brother is your friend. We, we both worked at SNL. But I left kind of worried about you. Well, kind of, you know, I really liked you, but I started wondering about you. I, I, I worried about you, what's going on in your relationships, what's going on with your marriages. There was, you, you were moving around. Like King Farouk? I, uh, I just said I'm King Farouk. <laughs> plural. You became very interesting to me um, for uh, a couple of different reasons. Thank you. One, I, I really, uh, I'm impressed by your comedic prowess. Uh, your impressions, what you're, you're, you're doing as a broadcaster here. I've started listening to you. You're, you're also on Opie and Anthony. No, they don't. That hasn't been a show in that a long time. That hasn't been a show. All right. But, um, Let's I, leave radio out of the like, what, what? thing entirely because I don't do it. You don't do it anymore. But you no. broadcast. Yeah. Two podcasts. This one and more. This one. This is yours. Sorry. More, right. More how long, how long have you been doing that? Why did you start doing it? That's where uh, I want to start. First of all, thank you that you cared about me because <laughs> my life has been an absolute turmoil. Like I've right. just been trying to keep the shit at shoe level. I had a divorce. I went bananas. Like I actually went – like I almost went to a mental hospital. And then at the last second I realize or remember what the inside of a – not personally, but what the inside of a mental hospital is. And right. you're like, whoa, fuck. That was close. Like in theory, it's – I'll go relax, people. And then just people wiping like shit on the walls, chained to a radiator. <laughs> well, that's like why. The that's why they're there. But why did you go? 
I didn't go, but I mean, that's how Why sick you... I got because I had such resentment. What I did instead is March 14th, I went, yeah, so it was a couple months after that is when you're at my house, my apartment. Like, okay, I'm in an apartment in Playa Vista. Like, what's Playa Vista? It's like this, like, DMZ. Not to, uh, yeah, but I love that place. I walked right, in there it's and not, it was... it's not mine. Oh. It's a temporary thing that a friend right. hooked up, like, you know, stay here, get your act together, your son goes to school. So for a guy that... Like yourself, like we've earned everything we've ever had. Right. So like a home, you're never home. Like right. the drapes are rented, man. Right. So it's this liminal space and time. And I got so nuts because I was speaking to Podcast One, the Art of Charm podcast, because I got the app. Uh, and I favorited all your episodes, by the way. It's oh, the least that somebody you. could do. Just when you're sitting on the tarmac, <laughs> just open up the Podcast One app, which is free, and just go through Spike's... Car, radio, comedy, <laughs> fuck <Jake>. yourselves. <laughs> and just go, favorite, 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 just favorite every episode. <laughs> and this lady was on the Art of Charm doing the narcissist continuum, explaining what's it like to be in a relationship with a narcissist. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, I was in a marriage that was abusive. Like, it was bad. But is there, one, is, there, is, there, is there one marriage or is there two marriages? Well, the other one's old. You know, there's two. But one was like, the first one, I was never in love. Right. It's just, that's what you do. Then right. When are we going to live together? Like, all right. When are we going to get married? All right. When are we going to have a kid? <laughs> uh, sound like a tell. <laughs> Merlin, a gazebo. Don't thank me. Boogly. <laughs> so that was just a shit show from start to finish. I was never <clears> faithful. <throat> I was on SNL when I was married, quote, unquote, married. And okay. Ugh. Uh, I have a 14-year-old son from that marriage, and that's, you know, its own thing. Cause mm -hmm. the kid in the, and where is he? Does he live with he you? He lives with his mom. He lives with his mom. And I'll circle back to that. And then this one <laughs> was, you know, it's the woman of your dreams. It's not like some yakety fucking maniac that you meet, and you're like, all right, what, what could go wrong? It's it's like a watercolor on the wall. You, you know, this gets enough sun, it's going to fade. We should move it a little. And they don't. And it's like enabling... A drunk, like if somebody's unhappy, you just run all over the earth trying to make them a little happier. And it's a lot like the 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 way I explained the marriage was going in the Empire State Building elevator and hitting every floor button. And then every time, bing, it opens, you step out on the second floor and go, you want to come out real quick and we can just talk about the lobby? Nope. <laughs> all right. <laughs> bing. You want to come out and talk about the second floor and the first floor, you know, and the... You know, want to talk about the 97th, 96th, 90? No. And you get to the top, you jump off. And when you're falling to earth, they're like, wait, <laughs> let's go to therapy. <laughs> Fucking crazy. It makes you insane. So, it, so, so this marriage is over. So this is your second. Yeah. This is over. There was no therapy. No couples therapy. Because I was told in the marriage, I once you go to couples therapy, it's over. And then it was suggested by her that we go to couples therapy. I'm like, uh-oh. But she's drinking or she's using no, drugs or no, no, something. No, no, or, no. no, no this no. is just – It's all it's all on the public thing and she's, she's unhappy. Now I think she's happy and – And you're out. Are you clean? Are you out clean now? Are you single or uh, – We're not officially divorced yet because it's only been 14 months. And oh, lawyers need to – talk about drain the swamp. Yeah, yeah. Drain yeah. the wallets. Drain the – here's what happened was – I called my podcast has on jmore.com. You go to, you know, the classic, go to Amazon and right. we, get, we get credit for it. Amazon just wants to know where the traffic comes from. So you go to jmore.com, you go to Amazon through there, 
and I get like a little like I don't know what I don't even know like two percent or whatever. Right. They buy. When someone buys and your paper towels, direct, yeah, that's direct. It's iPhone cases all the time. Oh, it is. That's direct deposit to my son's college. I never see it. Oh, that's great. So I called to see what the number was up to, and it was halved. And I went, "How the fuck is that possible?" It's like, "Oh, you're paying the lawyer through his Amazon." I went, "Oh, then we're done." <laughs> Because in that year, she got well. Right. She became a good mom. She was never a bad mom. Uh, Whatever needed addressing was addressed. So I went, we're done. 50-50 custody. Like, we're done. Right. The best interest of the child includes when he's older. Right. And if if I'm paying fucking bullshit lawyers... But how are they getting paid out of a pot, uh, 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 an Amazon account? I don't understand. Because there's that. no money left. I have no. Right. I have zero dollars. And they just jumped into it. Well, no, my business manager has to pay them. <clears throat> right. There's nothing in my checking, nothing in my savings. There's nothing in my retirement. There's... So you're starting over right now. Yeah, but that's that's all we know. You, know, you do a job, you write on a show, then the show gets canceled or it's over, and you just you're just hurtling <laughs> through think fucking you're exactly space. Exactly right. It's liminal I mean... space. That's when you dig deep and you learn. Why did I lose that job? How do I get the next one? What do I not do in the next relationship? Well, don't you feel like people in show business are used to this thing? When you hear about someone in a different business losing their job, I always – I feel bad for them, but I always kind of go, do you know what it's like in this business where we lose our jobs sometimes two or three times a year, sometimes out of the blue? There's no well, – yeah. it, it's, it's brutal. Well, we're also compensated more than the guy at the Provision Center. When it Center. works, it works. When it doesn't, I did Pluto Nash. I made some money. <laughs> you know, when it doesn't, you had didn't you have a movie come out this summer? Where, it's was, out now. It's, it's hilarious. On, like it's re, on, on crackle. crackle. It was uh, Party Boat, right? Yeah. What's it about? I don't know, but I like here. <laughs> Wait, here hold on. Hold on. Let me let me let me back up. Here's what. I, here's another thing I like about you, Jay Moore. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. I like that you're on the forefront of these new uh, media places. That you're here at Podcast One, that you're at Crackle making a movie. What What's it like to make a movie at Crackle? Is that a viable business right now? I didn't know the difference, and I didn't understand the difference until I did the radio and the press tours where people had asked me that, like, you know, and suddenly I'm being credited with being on the, you know, the tip of the spear for this new technology. Yeah. It's like, all right, it's owned by Sony. Like they did Jerry Maguire, <laughs> so it's like the same tree to me. Yeah, but it's a digital, it's a digital platform. It's a, it's a. It, I'm asking right. you now as so a producer, no, which like means that to the listener, there's no theatrical release. Like if it crackles a free app, it's literally it plays on your phone for free. Not like HBO, Showtime, or fucking ESPN. You get that app, you're like, where's the game? They're like, oh, it's fourteen dollars a month if you want games. Like that's right. what I fucking got the app for. You fucking prick it, <laughs> you fucking motherfucker. <laughs> but do you, do you have like, is it Guild? There's a question. So are you are you uh, in, Is it all guild? Is it sagged? It you, has to be. I it has to be. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is you just you get an offer to go do a movie and they go you're going to be like this Barney Fife on a lake but like an angry like like I'm a boat cop. I I'm watched trailers to, of it this morning and you were great in it. It's I I'm tell, I was embarrassed at how hard I was laughing at me at the screen. I really liked you in it. I loved me in it. And, and what I saw, I cool. saw was a competent actor. I saw a guy who wasn't just there phoning it You're in. You're saying for, that like I'm in a fucking t-ball league. No, like, this, I see a hitter. No, I'm. here's how I'm saying this. From a guy who you just were not on my radar until I came over onto your podcast. 
for oh, wow. you were just out of my sphere of yeah, yeah, yeah. what I was focused on because you know even though we were both on SNL first of all you were a cast member different set of years I was a receptionist who was just answering fucking phones and and then I left I was just there for a year you know, so I, I missed the whole Jay Moore experience. I think I might have seen some of your stuff. You had a, a show on CBS, was it? Yeah, Gary Unmarried. Gary Unmarried uh, with uh, – But that, that was a replacement. That, I think that was a Damon was Wayne show. Was that Berman Braun or something? I don't know. Whatever I was doing, I, I was too I'm busy to Nazi. see it. What was that, like Normandy talk? I don't know. But Berman I Braun. Ca- I catch up to you when I come into your living room, your very nice living room. I don't care who pays for it. And thank you. So, and I'm now a new fan. I'm a now new a Jay Moore fan, and I want a deeper you see, understanding. You see a competent actor, and you uh, wanted to know. Well, you wanted to know if I was well. Well, when, when I you say left. that, is that there are a lot of comedians who get in front of the camera to do a film, and they don't know how to act. There's a lot of comedians that can't do a fucking comedy special. <laughs> right. I'm watching a special. The girl walks out with a notebook. Who did that? I'm not gonna, I will never should talk a comic. The fucking notebook on like special should be in quotes. Somebody did that, really? Yeah. And I'm, the specials that are coming, like, mm-hmm. I'll do a Netflix special for free. Right. And I've tweeted it, like, it should be a special. <laughs> it should be an event. Like, not like, oh, shit, it's another year and a half. I got to go. Ch-. You're not Carlin. How long does it take you to put an act together? Uh, I've accumulated so much that I could really do one every three months for two and a half years. And people be like, he's a fucking machine. <laughs> but just shit that I haven't had. You only have three hours <clears throat> filmed. I have three hours filmed. Right. The first hour I'll never use again. It's just like filthy and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then the last two Showtime specials, I'm like, yeah. And then the last special I was proud of, it's only three bits, the whole thing. It's just this double helix of callbacks the whole way. They, you know, you built them in. You build them in. So I could definitely do... Four specials before 2019. Wow. Like, no exaggeration whatsoever. Does it is it hard to get out there and, you know, are you on the road doing stand-up? Is it hard with, the, yeah. you know, you've got a, a young a young boy there. How old is that kid? He's, uh, He's the best. He's six. And six. when I was in Denver, it was like, I get depressed. I've never had depression until this year. Right, like, right. When you met me, it was like <clears throat> the so, rubble. Like, the, build, the towers come down mm-hmm. and it just... Rubble. Right. Like, who are you? (laughs) When the structure comes down, who are you? Exactly. When there's no... There's no, you know, edifice. There's there's no stairwells. There's no windows. When that comes down, all of it, and when the smoke goes away and the first responders are gone and it's just a lot, who the fuck are you? You know, you can only listen to Darkness on the Edge of Town so many times before you realize, like, I'm Candy's boy! (laughs) Uh... And well, I realize. Do you think is that where your comedy comes from, though? Is pain? No, is this going to help? I you never had it? it before. I never had pain. I lived a, like a complete. Well, rough... what, you got divorced the first time you divorced. That's Who one cares? of the biggest it's a fucking check. Who cares? It's money. It's stuff. <laughs> it's stressful. I think for most it's people, stressful, it's stressful. But of the that's tough... not pain. Like when the Buddha says life is suffering, he's not like write a one point six million dollar check. Like, okay, great. Enjoy your money. I'll enjoy mine when I make it again because I earn it. So when you I left my know, home, you, uh, but you put eight things, you threw four boomerangs out there. I'm trying to like okay, bring them ahead, in for you. Go ahead. You're, I was not well when you were with me and you picked up on it, which means you're incredibly gifted as an empath and you're very intuitive and you're compassionate because you were thinking about me not like, hey, Jane Moore's, it wasn't like we were like I was slaying the aisles and killing you. There was something about like my personal 
the well beneath the well right. is getting a little empty. And you're right. It was. March 14th, I went back to AA. I didn't drink. But I was fucking nuts. I was sicker than I was the day I got sober, May 5th, 1998, because I mm -hmm. had so much resentment. I didn't do anything for me at all, mentally or spiritually or physically. I went in the ocean on 4th of July. It was the first time I exercised in three years. I was in the ocean for an hour. MMA guys were going, we're going to go in. This is fucking weird. I'm like, bye. I was just at home. I'm so like, you went swimming with Ultimate Fighters? Well, yeah. I that mean, was I your workout? Well, who's going to make me come? The dolphin? <laughs> So I wasn't, I wasn't, but no, you can't because you're too busy, like going, like putting on the dance, trying to make somebody happy. And then when you file for divorce and you like, I went for full custody of a kid. Like that's mm -hmm. not a ripple effect. That's tsunami, man. After right. tsunami. And when you have facts and you just dig in, they just kick the sh Like all they have is just like your timing is so terrible. Like. That's what we're fucking talking about for a month is timing. <laughs> uh, so that has gone by. Like now it's like Vietnam 79. Like we're past that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a few guys there. But it's there's a kid. You're always going to So it's resolving there. itself. As well as it will. I'll have this person in my life for the rest of my life. But the good news is I love her. She's wonderful. And mm -hmm. she's a brilliant person. She's the first non-comedian I ever wanted to be as funny as. So then, that's when you met me, going through that. It was right, right at that moment. Right around AA, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, as far as acting goes, as far as Crackle goes, they <laughs> offered me money to go film a movie. Right. And then Crackle was somewhere in that explanation. I was like, no, there's my, I get to go act. I was off the grid for three years uh -huh. fighting this fight. Uh-huh. I have no money. I don't have a home. Mm -hmm. I currently am unemployed. I'm talking to a new old friend and you, <laughs> but this is what's real. Right. And this is as the reggae or live and direct right here. So that's what I have is my word and my guts. I was doing fucking poetry on Periscope. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm writing poetry. I poems. saw that on your feed. You're just there. So what is your plan? I mean, it's a fascinating... More at-bats. It's a fascinating place and a scary place to be, and I'm sorry you're there. It's, you know, I think it's what every guy and especially father husband fears most is getting to that place i know there, i mean i i probably since i moved to new york and i was that intern at snl i've been worried about that scenario but here you are i never worried about it i never thought it possible oh, I, i'm terrified I, I was, of that divorce idea. wasn't in my vocabulary it's Wait. not divorce it's the idea of just being tossed aside and losing it all and having to start over and you're you're not a young man you and i are not young men we're resourceful, that's, man. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> here's, I want to know. Uh, here's the great from okay. it. Okay. I, they say, leave no stone unturned. If you're going to walk out of a house that you own with your kid in it to circle back to take that kid, there's no more stones. Like, this is some, This is a two-year, like the, like, the tide eroding land or like water eating away at a rock and making a canyon like this isn't like you know what fuck it i want a corvette i'm out of here I, I want pussy and corvettes i'm out i like ice cream we never get fucking ice cream i'm not kevin spacey in american beauty bench pressing in the driveway like i rule it's like this is impossible let me try something else this is impossible let me try something else and this lady said on the podcast the other podcast you can always tell the enablers in a relationship they're the ones in the self-help aisle in the bookstore right and that really hit me because you keep bettering yourself, nothing gets better. Like, you've done nothing but work on yourself. So what came out of this is I know my value 
intrinsically on a cellular level. I know my, like I wrestled in college. Like I thought I knew my stamina. Mm -hmm. I know my stamina because the impossible was in front of me. And I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And a friend of mine said, if you keep doing this and get fuck all in return and then you die, how will you feel? I go, if I got fuck all in return, I would have graduated to like surface level. Uh -huh. It was such a negative return. I lost 30 pounds like two Super Bowls ago. I was on Radio Raw. I lost 30 fucking pounds. And I had a big bushy beard to cover like the sallow like cheeks. It was, Just it from was, the stress. Because, yeah, I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. And then you realize, oh... I'm not sleeping on purpose because if I have a breakdown, I'll have something to show for how I feel that I can never explain to people because I, the storefront looks great all the time. Right. You know? So what is your plan for coming out of this? How do you what, battle you, back? You I want to know. Well, you can't battle. You got to surrender. And you can't battle back because that's not, that's not a way to raise a kid if there's a battle. But my plan— But I just mean for, the career part of it. You know, this is set aside the just family. Just more at-bats. Like, just if you give me a bat and announce me, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, rake. I'll hit it out. Just I just need more at-bats. So, so you're going to get on the road and— I never stopped doing stand-up. That was the one constant. Right. And my stand-up audience vetted itself to the upper 1% in three years. Because I took them down. Like, it's, it gets quiet when I do stand-up. Like, I'm talking about my mom's Alzheimer's and— <laughs> You know, not just I talk about if I say it now, it'll just seem like great. Can't wait to see his act. But the pauses <laughs> make that symphony. And there's there's a weightlessness that you have the audience. You kind of move time. You move right. around. And you realize I'm controlling these people right now. And you can play with that a little. So the stand up I always did. Um, acting wise, I just couldn't leave my son. Right. I wasn't comfortable having him anywhere but in my line of vision. So uh, now I'm entirely comfortable with him being at other places, mm -hmm. and I just want more at-bats. I right. just – I've never swung better. I know it. I know it. I wish I could do my whole IMDb page again less and try less. Right. Like, but don't which, chew, you, which don't do sweat. you prefer? Do you prefer the acting or do you prefer the stand-up? Because well, stand-up right now, I am right a stand-up. Like it's right. like, I'm Irish Catholic. Like I'm a stand-up. I am a stand-up. Like, it's, it's such a viable, uh, vibrant business right now. Stand-up comedy. Would, wouldn't you just lean, really lean into that and really focus on it yeah. and go? And that's the, that's what I did in that liminal time. Well, I mean now. I mean tomorrow. I mean today. I'm agreeing with you. I, yeah. I, I'm answering yes, uh, but I'm not going to not act. At the right. same time, because that's when you get like you know, that's when you get to buy a boat. Is it? But what happens in the act is is uh, I don't know. I, I My sense. Let me let me I've let become me. the greatest let living me... comedian is what happens. <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I, I, will, I understand I'll, that. I, nobody. I, I want to ask you about because because I'm sensing something in television comedy right now and movie comedy that it it may not it's it's ceasing to exist a little bit as far as because America the aggregate settles for what's funny. Like you wrote, you wrote. No, for I'm, I'm just oh. being. Uh, it's it's a little clearer than that. Nobody's watching TV comedy anymore. I mean, well, save for for maybe Silicon Valley but if and Saturday Night Live. But if it's great, they'll watch it. That's yeah, never going to go away. I, there was a boxing match. The first fight. Give ever. me an example of a great show that's on TV right now, though. And I haven't. Put my. I never turn my TVs on in that apartment. I've been there see, since there, there's the issue. A lot of people aren't turning their TVs on anymore. We're we're turning it in on uh, oh, because turning it's on digital. Sunday night for Game of Thrones, and then that's it. Football. 
And, uh, I yeah, never miss football. basketball, football. Right. I never miss it. That I'm sensing a uh, 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 a death knell for comedy right now in television. Like even even this week, I was talking to CA this week. We were in the toward the end of the summer, going, "Hey, what's going on with a half hour comedy world right now?" And they're like, "Not much. Off to a very late start. Nothing's worked. It's all the th- same things we've been hearing, but there there's less of uh, an urgency to developing new stuff. People are very skeptical. It feels like right now. So then, what's the? I mean, there. Has- so that, I guess what I'm saying is like, why wait for this acting thing? Because. At least right now, the comedy cycle seems to be on the, a steep decline. It's not binary. You keep proposing it to me like it's a binary choice. I've always – I've written a book and done stand-up comedy. I wrote right. another book. I've acted and done stand-up comedy. Right. I've had two kids and have done stand-up comedy. I went through divorce at stand-up comedy. Like stand-up comedy will never – I'll never not do 100 shows a year. Right. Ever. Ever. It's all I know. I have to go on the airplane to go pick up a check and come home. Right. It's just – so that's – I've never shelved it ever. So when I want to act, I want to act. But and, and will you go in and audition for people? I'll audition for anything. Maybe I have to change yeah. agents because I'm like, I'll audition for anything. I had two auditions <laughs> no, in six that. months. Of course you would. Why wouldn't you audition? That's I don't know the why. only way to like, know. Let's do it. You want to you – let's KRS-One <laughs> say, you want a thug? Let's thug. Like, what's up? Like, let, so who you wants have, it? You I don't want care it. at all. You'll walk in and you'll Bob read Sugar, the lines. Bob Sugar, life-changing role. Life-changing, tra- changed the trajectory of my life, Jerry Maguire. I auditioned for it, and then I read David Mamet, True and False, after the fact. Like, they don't want you. They know who they want. Right. And there's a list after that list. Really? Then there's another. The reason you're auditioning is because there's a space of time between offer and acceptance or rejection. They don't want you. So when you go into the audition, know that, but know that everybody in the room is your moral and intellectual inferior because at one time they stood where you were standing and they took the desk. Yeah. And say the lines as well as you can Mm -hmm. and next time say them better. I'm like, fuck, man, this is my – but I didn't read the book before Jerry Maguire, but what happened was they had an offer out to Owen Wilson because he did Bottle Rocket with Jim Brooks. And I always love auditioning. Like I, I don't hold the script in my hands. Like I go in like we're shooting it. And it was like, you just have to cause a problem. So, like, that my first job was I had long, like, Bret Hart, like, Hitman Foundation <laughs> hair. Like, I was a pro wrestler hair. I didn't own a suit. And I just fucking cracked a pinata until the candy came out. So it's like, yeah, let's keep doing that. There you go. You know where I put you right away? Uh, in fact, I'm going to do it right now. We're going to, Will, we're going to put uh, Jay in Ballers next season. We're going we're gonna to put him right into that show. You're going to be the guest star next year of Ballers. Unavailable. <laughs> too much too much stand up. You talked me into it, Spike. Too much why am I doing calling all of a sudden? Too much stand up, Spike, you know? We're gonna We're take a break ABC. right now. We've got the very funny Jay Moore with us. We'll be right back. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Unfortunately, a lot of times, this isn't the case. People configure cars online only later to find out they're not available. This just happened to my brother. Well, with True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. Using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. Next, True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident. And don't we all want to feel confident? Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. 
There are over 13,000 TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. You will work directly with a TrueCar certified dealer contact. TrueCar users are more likely to enjoy a fast buying process when they connect with TrueCar certified dealers. TrueCar users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. And guess what? I'm not telling you what features and what states. Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time, finally, for America's Lakers podcast. That's right, I'm going to be hosting America's Lakers podcast. My man, Aaron Larsoul, an analytical genius, he's going to bring to the table what I can't every Wednesday. America's Lakers podcast exclusively at podcastone.com, the podcastone.com app, which I highly recommend. You can rate and review this podcast on all Apple products. And guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to bathe in the gossip and the gratuitous negativity that's been swallowing Los Angeles whole lately. Who did what? Who snitched? Who said what? How about truth? How about facts? How about statistics? How about rotations? What's Luke Walton thinking? Who's underperforming? Who's overachieving? Who's rewarded? Who's coming? Who's going? And what are we going to do with all that delightful, delicious cap space? America's Lakers podcast with me, Jay Moore, and my man, my brother, Aaron Larsoul. Every Wednesday, podcast1.com. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. We're back with Jay, Jay Moore. I, I it's see, not live I radio. I a confident actor when I watch you in a movie. I do. I was surprised by that. But that kind of sounded like... Did, was you, are you, con- are you, really you condescending? Are you insulted by that? Because no. I didn't mean that at all. No, no, no. Because I know you... Uh, no. I'm, I don't know if I'm insultable. <laughs> you seem... You brought it up a couple of times, so you are. Because it was a funny little. to me. Because, and plus, the idea of, like, my reality check. It's a, it was My a, fearless moral inventory. Right? You're not on everybody's radar. No. It's like, get your shit together and move... Like, I love the fact that... You had no like. I just didn't exist. Like I love. No, that I was doing spot. my homework, and then I I watched the trailers of the movie, and I'm like, what? What? How will Jay Moore be as an actor? I've never seen you act before. I've seen you in sketches, so I know what you're like in sketches, and I expected that guy loud, to, huh? Everybody's loud in sketches. And yeah, sitcoms. right, right. And we so shout all the lines. When I saw you, it was the scene where you're telling the kids, you know, there, there's a, uh, the, I guess there's a big boat party on the lake that's going to happen. And but on party boat? How do you figure? Party boat. And you're the lake cop, right? Yeah. And lake patrol. Lake patrol. I and love you that come role. in with these two kids and it's like, look, I'm going to catch you, right? Yeah. You guys screw up tonight? I walk in, I grab his drink, and I take a sip, and I go, French vanilla creamer, pussy. <laughs> and I keep drinking. Every time I see them, that's what I do. And then right. at the end of the movie, they put like 18 tabs of acid in their drink, uh-huh. and I drink it, and I just trip my fucking <laughs> cock off. And it's the only movie I ever did where they're like, could you actually take it up 15 notches? I'm like, see, yes. I didn't see that part. All right. I'm on a boat in a lake in Georgia. I'm like, wow. But wait, I believed you were the lake cop, and the, the girl comes in with the fireworks, and, and she goes, I've got all the fireworks for tonight, and he goes, this is going to be easy. I just liked how There's understated. so many alternate takes. Like that, that was that specific moment. It's yes. so funny. You are such a comedy <laughs> mind. You're you, like that's where you get ore. Like you're the mind, mind and mind. Like you just go mining and fucking spikes brain. That's where the ore is. You're, it's amazing that specific moment. Yes. One guy goes up the steps. He had dreadlocks, and I said, "Like, hey, when you're done with." Uh, I don't know what I said. It was a dreadlock guy. Like when you when you're done with the missing Neville. 
I don't know. I don't know what I said. Like maybe it was KRS and Wong. I don't know what I said. It was a guy with dreadlocks, but it was a very specific yeah. reference where people are like, "Oh my god!" Like Damare Carroll, from Toronto right. Raptors. I go, "When you're done with Damare Carroll from the Raptors," like it was so bizarre a reference. Well, I it's for me. It's because I'm trying to learn in that moment. Like I, someday I might be in a movie, and I'm and I've got someone that I respect who's kind of in the same world. And I want to see how you do it. I want. I'm trying to learn in that moment. And that's what there was no joke. The joke was this is going to be easy. Yeah, that's not a joke. It's I know, a, it's, but it's so you didn't try alts. to make a meal out of it. You didn't. Oh, I did. They just didn't use it. <laughs> they did. That's All my right. point. So I, the girl goes, "Hey, these fireworks," and they're like, duh, duh, duh. and the thing that made it in is, I go, "Why don't you go upstairs?" I think I saw a Teletubby, and I'm like, if I say Teletubby, it's hacky. But if I fuck up, you know, if I do it like walk and ask, or like, I uh-huh. think I saw a Teletubby, or Tele, like, however I said it was not how you say it. Right. And people go, let's let's get Chinese food. Like Chinese food, <laughs> Chinese food. Like, what are you saying? So, but one of the takes, I go Indian girl on a trampoline. Come on, and another one was my my favorite because I'll think of other comics how their minds will right. spin, and then I'll go. I'm like Colin. I go, who taught her how to say contagious? <laughs> and I just walked out, and they're like, ah, but that's Colin Quinn. Yeah, that was very – in my mind, I was like, who taught her how to say contagious? But you can't do it. It's Colin Quinn. Do you – so with impressions now, do you have a whole new basket of things that you're working on or new guys? Because Norm MacDonald is my favorite just right. because of course he is. he's so funny. But it's also really funny to hear people do him. It's hard to do And, and it's, he's, an unlike, he's an unlikely guy to do an impression of. Like I know you do Christopher Walken, but lots of guys – lots of people do Christopher Walken. Is there – what are the new things you're working on? Are there new well, ones that have if, your If I have attention? to work on it, I can't do it. Right. So it's like the first time I went to do Forrest Whitaker, I just <laughs> – I could just do Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. I did this movie Street Kings and he just walks in and he goes, oh, this is great. What? What would happen if the chief came in here with me? Huh? I'm like, wow. Because he's so natural, you think you forgot his lines. Yeah. He'll right. just start over if he doesn't like the way it's going. Tom Cruise does that too. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, "You on, <clears throat> you on, you've seen on sets all the time." Uh, Barefoot Contessa from the Food Network. Like I do really weird ones. Yeah, like, but nothing's new really. Uh, what you, but wh- where do these come up? Are you, are you sitting at home and suddenly so you hear someone or you see someone and you go, "I'm going to do the Barefoot Contessa guy." <laughs> I don't even know who that is. It's a lady. It's it's a, I don't, yeah, I don't even know Ina what you're talking Garten. about. It's, I'll watch TV or I'll see a movie. <laughs> like Walking was really true romance, right? I, your son and his bitch whore girlfriend at the risk of sounding redundant. There's so many lines in that right. speech that I'm just doing the speech, but then you wind up doing it in the person's voice and you go, oh, I'm wearing a nice jacket called this impression. Right. So when you watch like Bad Lieutenant and you're just laughing to yourself because Kaitel's smoking crack, he's a very bad lieutenant. He's a very bad <laughs> lieutenant. He's smoking crack in his stairwell the crack dealer goes that's just gonna kill you man he goes what kind of businessman are you you can't even back your own product <laughs> like it's fucking hilarious to me but he really just said it as uh-huh okay tell which is also colin quinn do you do you it's the uh, same uh, you know basically just what kind of businessman are you you can't even back your own product what do you do you get political at all do you no. think comedians should be political these days yes How they do you... should if, if they want to yeah you know i you... think you there's no line i don't think like i uh, first of all, your compassion and your um, empathy is impressive. The fact that you left my house and you were thinking about me because you didn't think I was I well. I liked you. I like you a lot and liked you and like you currently. I was not well. And I'm I'm feeling good. And you're feeling good now. That's good. That the makes me happy. stand-up, uh, I've never not done it. 
and when there's nothing left in that lot because the building came down, who are you? Right. I'm funny. And I've never done a comedy before, really. Like, I did Mafia, but that was played completely straight. It's like Airplane. Mm -hmm. And all the comedies, like, around you, like Gary O'Married, I'm proud of. But I never was in, like, you know, you watch, like, you know, like, uh, Get Him to the Greek or uh, Sarah Marshall and, like, Paul Rudd is, like, the surf guy. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. All I want is a bat. Like, let me just go get in that bat. Like, yeah. one of those roles. There and you I go. know I'll, I'll clear the fence. Mm hmm Well, Jay Moore, I feel like we've covered a lot today. We did. And I feel like there's Crackle, so much more. Party Boat. Crackle, so Party Boat. At the screening, I was, like, embarrassed. So people left. can go watch that right now. For free. There's no, like, where insider. Do we, where do we find your stand updates? Jaymore.com. Jaymore.com. Click on the Amazon Amazon click through. No, but Amazon. That, Amazon. Dude, we, I mean, I don't think we talk enough about Amazon. <laughs> and you can make some money for Jay Moore. My son. I'm me. Oh, for the son. You want to help my son's college funds? And he's a cool kid. I've met that he's kid. The, he does push-ups, man. Yeah, no, he's strong. I hope he gets a minority scholarship. Does he, like, is he going to play football? He's I only six, so. right? Yeah, but he's, 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 he's 75 pounds. He's a sweetheart. And, you know, here's another thing about Jay Moore that we didn't get to talk about. Maybe next time. He likes little dogs. He has the cutest little dogs Lady ever party. <laughs> when i let them out that's what i yell jay moore thank you for being here you can catch up with me spike ferriston at instagram and the podcast one app now they say i'm uh, always at spike ferriston jay thanks for coming in man. Buddy, i think we just scratched the surface here and uh thank you and you're a good man all right we'll talk cars next time everybody thanks for listening to spike's car radio download new episodes every wednesday on the podcast one app or subscribe now at apple podcasts or podcast one.com